American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning or afternoon, everyone, depending on where you are. My name is Christy Crespin. I'm coming to you from Highland, California on Tuesday, November 9th, and this is the ACB History Book Discussion Group, and the book that we're discussing today is The Unseen Minority, A a Social History of Blindness in the United States by Frances A. Kessler, K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R, copyright 1976 and 2004 by the American Foundation for the Blind, as our Host today, we have the wonderful Diane Scalzi, and our streamer today is the absolutely fabulous Larry Gassman. And I see, see you're into have, descriptive adjectives today. I am, and I and I I see that we have um, a few participants, so I'm hoping more will come and join us. And make sure you guys get the getcha got it button. Because um, you can't talk unless you either shift tab or tab to the got it button. Um, so hopefully you will do that. And Diane, could I have you uh, give the particulars about raising hands and muting, etc.? Okay, thank you, Christy. And of course, the reason we're hitting the got it button is because this call is being recorded. Okay, um, to um, raise your hand on a PC, it's Alt-Y. On the Mac, it's Options-Y. On your smartphone, it's in the lower right corner of the screen under the More button. And on a touchtone phone, it would be um, star 9. Now, to unmute, the commands are Alt-A. On the PC, Command-Shift-A on the Mac. Uh, It's in the lower left corner of the screen on your smartphone. And star 6 on your touchtone phone. Uh, Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So um, this is a very um, interesting book. And it is a lot of information. So we sort of started going over uh, the preface and uh, the first few chapters last week, but because people had not had a chance to read basically the first hundred, little over a hundred pages, we went ahead and said, let's go ahead and continue so we could talk about this week. Uh, chapters 1 through 7. 
and then we'll break up um, into a smaller bit for for the next time. So, as I always do, I'd like to entertain comments for basically an overall feeling and thoughts about kind of the materials that that we have covered. Um, any, hopefully, comments? Okay, Robert has his hand up. Okay, uh, Mr. Bob. Thank, thank you, Christy and Diane. I only want to say that I've just started the book. We got it on Bookshare. Um, we're reading my, my wife. We're going to be behind you because my wife and I are blind. We re, have been in the organized blind movement a long time, and I want to read it with her as well. So I won't be up to you. I can comment if I hear general things. I'm I'm glad to do that. But I want to say th- this, that at the beginning, I'm very impressed with we're up to five days in Vinton, where the American Foundation was founded. And surprisingly, the only thing I'm going to say is I wasn't in the Federation very long after the book was written, but I never heard uh, Kenneth Jernigan blast the book. You know, he didn't like the American Foundation. He would see red, you know, and so forth. But I think it's a well-written book, and I'm looking forward to reading more. Thank you for selecting the book. I'm it done. is. Thank you. It is very well-written. And, and the beginning chapter, two chapters, maybe kind of go a little bit kind of make you know if you're looking for adventure or whatever (laughs) kind of doesn't fulfill that i don't think but the more we move through the book um the more exciting it becomes and and very interesting and and keeps us thinking oh oh okay wow a lot of name dropping of names that I never heard of or names that uh, maybe I didn't really understand where they came from. So, like, I kept seeing Bledsoe, and I'm like, you know, in the People of Vision book, Bledsoe and Kessler and other names were quoted a lot. So um, it gives a good uh, background in that regard as well. Any other comments? Larry? Larry? I'm not up to chapter seven yet. Um, I, okay. I went back and got Bookshare's version. The downside of that, of course, is that the voices you hear reading, uh, not through Bookshare, but just on the stream, are very robotic. So sometimes you, you really have to pay attention. Uh, they're not the kind of voices that you hear through uh, the Library of Congress, etc. So you deal with that. It's funny, I... I I noticed right away it's an incredibly meticulous book, and she's gone now. But I would love to have figured out and or asked her how she came to write it in the way she did and how much preparation she had to go through just to get to that point because it's so meticulous. It's starting out a tad slow. It's sort of like going to Disneyland and you're going to ride the Matterhorn and you're up the grade, the big gradual grade that brings you up, 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 and you know there's going to be a spot where you're going to reach the plane, and then you're going to move down a lot faster than you moved up. But but I'm not there yet. I'm probably uh, midway through chapter four and or five because I read it as I said over again 
because mm-hmm. I wanted to see if there was anything new in 2004. And there were a few things, but I'm I'm impressed so far. And everybody tells me it's a great book, and I recognize names too. Not as many as I did with ACB because some of those people I knew from earlier live experiences. But thus far, it looks really good and it's interesting. It's just uh, it takes a little while to get used to reading. Uh, because of the voices. And if I lay down at 11 o'clock <laughs> at night, I'm going to be asleep in one minute in in comparison to three or four, which it usually takes. So just something to get used to. And you have to know when you can read and stay awake and listen. So Go that's, on your treadmill. <laughs> well, the, I, yeah, I won't fall asleep on the treadmill. If I do, I'm in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Hey, Beth. Beth? She's on the phone. Oh, I too have gotten the book on, um, I guess it was Bookshare. We downloaded it to my uh, Victor Reader that I have. And um, I so I haven't caught up to you guys yet. But I, <laughs> I intend to, so I'll probably be behind you, you know a little what? bit. Okay. I came last week. And I thought it was a very interesting. Um, I thought it was a very interesting book last week, you know. So I decided to to get it to download it like that. Fantastic. And and so, if I hear some names like uh, like Larry said, I'll probably you know chip in too. Cool. Okay. <laughs> you know, we just accept everybody where they are. And, oh, and yeah, it's a I understand that. Yeah. And that's great. All right. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Uh, Robert? Bob? If I may, I want to ask a question about the title. Uh-huh. The Unseen Minority. I know what the words mean. But are you impressed when people say, you're, you're, you're so amazing, I forget that you are blind. I can tell you my view but I'd like to hear yours. Are you, is that a compliment? Thank That's you. a whole discussion question, isn't it? I do not consider it a compliment, I, no, but I'm not going to slug the guy because he's ignorant. I want him to know I'm blind. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wants him to know he's seven foot three. He can't deny it. I have a guide dog. I can't deny it, but the, the sighted guys often say, I just forget you're blind. My parents did that to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any, that's any, any that, reaction to it would be appreciated. That's a, that's wrong, a whole, tell me. Thank yeah, you. no, that's a whole discussion question. Um, you know, how do we feel? Um, we are the unseen minority, mm-hmm. and we are unseeing, and that's what she wrote in the book. Um, so. It, it is not a flattering uh, position to be in. It, it, you know, and, and, and I, I often say, uh, you know, inclusion is wonderful, except people are included for gender, for gender identity, for race, ethnicity, even religion, spirituality, but 99% of the time, there's no mention of disability. 
So we're still basically glossed over and swept under the carpet. Uh, that's my my feeling. Okay, we have Chanel. Chanel? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting that Robert brings up that question because somebody, I heard somebody make a comment the other day that the greatest compliment a friend could pay them is to forget that they're blind. And, you know, I... When it comes from a stranger, I do also find it derogatory or not derog. It's it's unintentionally um, obtuse, unintentionally whatever they're trying to make light of something that in reality they can't make light of. So they're just trying real hard. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's when discomfort. It comes, yeah, yeah. But when it comes from somebody we know, as if. You know, when somebody, I like it, for instance, if somebody uses seeing terms like, oh, did you see that? Or did you watch that without cringing and going, oh, wait a minute. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> then, yeah. then I know they truly understand and they know it's not a big deal. Yeah. I can't, we can't, you know, just lie about the fact that we use a can or lie, you know, have to do things in a different way. That's just part of how we do things. But yeah, when it's how that is treated and how you know we treat it and that can affect how other people treat it but yeah anyway that is a good and I'm still hoping like Christy that one day will our kids will come home from school and say did you hear about uh the um, American Council of the Blind you know you get you painted this great scenario last week so yes thank you yeah and chapter one is about myths taboos and stereotypes and you know in chapter one it talks about how which i thought was interesting if somebody was blind they were considered basically dead they 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 gave the like the sign of death uh for those people um People were put in asylums. People were discounted. Um, I I read a a um, an email from um, s- some other country, and it talked about how this person was um, um, treated and. And how this blind couple wanted to get married, but they were, it was rejected. And, and my social work instructor, professor, who was pretty enlightened um, and helped, you know, with the, with the Lighthouse for the Blind in New York, um, she laughed and she said something like, wow, this is, you know, this is a, a, a really interesting story. It's like, it's not true. And I said, yeah, in fact, this is true. And basically, that's how we were treated. You know, and he- heaven forbid a blind person try to do something on his or her own. When you read about somebody getting a PhD, it's like a freak of nature. Hey, uh, Larry has his hand up. 
Larry? I'm going to come at it from a slightly different perspective. And I understand the viewpoints that are being expressed. Because I had this I had this discussion years ago with some friends who are barbershoppers. I'm a 49-year barbershopper, and I used to fly to see shows and things like that. And we were in Fresno, and we were watching the people board the plane, and we were talking. And, and I experienced, I guess, this over the weekend. And I said to the person I was with, one of the people I was with, I said, I'm just amazed sometimes at how people treat us. And they say things like, boy, I'm... I almost forgot you were blind. And uh, and he said, you know, he said, you could take that from a negative perspective or you could look at it from the positive, And that is that they're looking at you as a blind person based on their idea of what a blind person is like. They're not downgrading you. They're just saying, if I were in your shoes as a blind person, based on my perception and based on what I know I'm a, I, I can do, I don't know that I could do all the things you do because obviously he's not used to being blind. He's not li- not grown up in a world full of sighted people as a blind person. Um, I, I think some of these people are truly amazed at what we're able to do and we take it for granted because we've always done it. Uh, even those people born later in life eventually become acclimated to being blind and they do normal, what we call consider normal things. Sighted people don't necessarily think so because they they don't have any they're they're not acclimized to that they figure gee what you're doing is incredible i don't think i could do that they don't know that and eventually they probably could but they don't know that because they're coming at it from a totally different viewpoint true that's very true okay robert bob bob He's muted. Oh, Robert, you'll need to unmute. It's going to be Alt-A on the PC, Command-Shift-A on the Mac, and... It's on the PC. Okay. He knows knows the instructions. He's done this millions of times before. (laughs) There's just something going on that's stopping him. Is there someone else? There you go. You got it. You got it. Uh, Diane, is this me? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, that's interesting, Larry. But, you know, what if I said to your friend who says he forgets, I almost forget you're sighted. Would he be complimented? Also, I when I have felt perverse, which is often, people say, were you born blind? I said, yes. Were you born sighted? Well, that's what it's the matter with you. You know, why you're insulting you know, so no, I think you're given. I think you're given some people. Yes, you guys are amazing. You are amazing. You guys have been able to get along. You and John, your, your brother, with sighted guys beautifully, and with blind guys beautifully, and that's good. That's what we all should do. And uh, but I, if I may share one thing, and you'll probably think I'm crazier than I am. When I went to mainstream, because Francis says it's wonderful, these far-thinking people in 1900 mainstreamed. You know, some of Chicago led the way, I think. Well, let me tell you about mainstream. I went to a day school for the blind for six years. We bus. We knew about busing far before our black friends knew about it. Two hours each way. And secondly, we went and we were treated as normal people who could not see. That's it. 
You got in trouble. You got A's because you deserved it. Then we go to junior high and high school. I won't get into all of it, but our resource teachers said something like this. Don't hang out with blind guys. Why? Because they'll think you're blind. But I am. And I've known this guy since the first grade. You're telling me I can't have lunch with him? You know, don't sit together in assemblies. Don't don't associate because you got to integrate with the sighted world. And they were nuts, in my opinion. Finally, we were told, as you, you've heard it, we must be second to none. We must be the best. Oh, yes. So I got AEE. I got good grades with sighted kids, but I went nuts in homeroom. Why? Because I could be normal. I could let loose. I know I was a prankster. I wasn't mean. I didn't blow up anything, but I was a prankster. But in in class, I was Robert. I was the Braille student. I, I just I was the unseen minority teachers. Yes. I worried, are they going to point at me when I raise my hand? Some teachers picked it up quick. They were good. Some just pointed at you. Well, I guess he doesn't know. Wait a minute. I do know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just sharing these things with you. And the resource teachers, the teachers, in um, they were wonderful at the School for the Blind, but not not later. They didn't want you to marry a blind person. No inbreeding. Don't don't associate with. How can you tell sighted guys who knew each other since the first grade? Don't talk to your friend because people will think you're sighted. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all basically chapter one. Any other discussion on this point? No hands raised. Okay. So I'd like to maybe kind of look at. Uh, chapter two, the the beginning of the American Foundation of the Blind in Venton, Iowa. Um, the next couple of chapters are basically based on what happened with the American Foundation for the Blind. Can you believe they met biannually? Um, I, I'm thinking to myself. By angel, that means every they had a, a convention in person every two years. Um, they had a hard time getting started. They they didn't have funding. Um, there were kind of some concerns about uh, what was going to happen with the um, agency that became the American. Association of Workers for the Blind um, and the American Educators. Um, The people with the know-how, with the knowledge, with the expertise were the basically the superintendents of schools for the blind. Um, And Kids who were blind did not go to their regular schools, and they were not mainstream. They were sent to schools for the blind. Comments on Chapter 2 or Chapter 3, which was the talent hunt for the um, American for the American Foundation for the Blind's um, uh, Executive director or president? We have no hands raised. 
No hands? Nobody wants to talk about this part? All right, shall we move on? The second career of Major Mitchell. Major Mitchell was a very interesting guy, tempered by his wife. You know, so often we are tempered by those of us, you know, those partners that we choose. And uh, so this Major Mitchell, they called him the Major, he was a pretty flamboyant guy. Um, no, I, I want to bring out that uh, two two women, um, I can't remember exactly, I'm Mrs. Palmer and I can't remember the other one, who were the first two that gave checks to the American Foundation for the Blind to get it up and running. And Major Mitchell was the, uh, when he, when he came on board, um, was the one who actually um, donated enough to keep the organization running. Um, he he was a pretty tight handler of of what went on. Um, they in 1927 they. Um, figured they had enough money, finally, that they could hire an executive director. Okay, it's 126. Okay. And uh, Beth has her hand up. Okay, Beth. Um. I was just going to say that um, I was also mainstreamed. I didn't. I didn't really care for it that much. <laughs> uh, I think we should have been given a choice. Um, I know my my parents thought they were doing what was best for for us, and I liked the Catholic education part of it, but I. I didn't. I hated being the only blind kid in school. My my sister was a high partial, so she could read print, large print. But uh, I just hated it. I hung out with other kids with disabilities, such as cerebral palsy or polio or such, because I think my mom wanted us to be one of the the popular, you know, the popular girls even even if we got straight A's or whatever but uh, I don't know they never wanted to hang out with us so um, so that's you know you, you have to find your own little niche of people that you want to hang out with and even um, as to get married I never really wanted to marry another sighted fellow that didn't have a disability as well. But that's just my thing. You know, even a heart condition is considered a a disability. Thank you, Ben. Hello. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh-huh. Yes, hey. okay. Thank you. Uh, Chanel. Chanel. 
Yeah, honestly, um, I'm trying to think of my thoughts of the last couple chapters. I uh, read them a bit ago, uh, but I know, I think even last week I mentioned that, you know, I, it was interesting. They found such different people, Robert Irwin and what's the other guy um, as kind of directors of research and, and teaching. I'm trying to remember. Uh Um, And I kind of, I I liked uh, how they described uh, Robert Irwin, just kind of, you know, that, on fire, just having definite opinions, you know, all for the blind people, you know, really doing things for themselves, whatever. I don't know. But I also, it's, um, it's kind of interesting to think about, okay, so with the, um, major Mitchell did, how much was the AFB helped by bringing in, you know, this total outsider and, you know, he seemed to have a good head for organization and, um, maybe he really did uh, help them out. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something, but yeah. Are you I, talking I, I about Mr. Finney? Joseph what? Finney? Joseph Finney, the guy that didn't make it? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember. He, Joseph Finney was the guy that came in. He had oh, no, yeah. no experience, and by the right. time they were like telling him to, he, he needed to leave. Okay. Yeah, no, I just mentioned, you know, so this guy, uh, Major Mitchell, had uh-huh. really no experience with the yeah. blind until he was um worked at that nonprofit and then you know he got involved in the battle of the dots and you know yeah. how much did his perseverance and determination um really help um I'm, I'm sure it did yes and he had a lot to do in the next chapters with um helen keller and ann sullivan and there were some pretty uh dynamic and 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 flammable (laughs) um situations pretty scathing letters written on both parts but you know it's really interesting because there are times and and people who they can write something and say something and they're done bam we're through with you and then there's situations where you can see that, and in, in, in here I see it with uh, Mr. Mitchell, Major Mitchell, and, and Ann Sullivan um, especially, where there was give and take and push and pull and strong personalities that uh, caused big friction. And fighting that went on. And I'm just thinking, if they're, if she's writing about this and she's writing about it in the terms in, in this book, what really happened behind those closed doors? How much yelling and screaming went on? But they remained in relationship. They remained a part of each other's lives and they did not they may have slammed the door, but the door didn't get locked um, in in those situations. And so I I think that um, Major Mitchell did play a huge part, and Robert Irwin and in um, in the American Foundation for the Blind and Helen Keller 
even though they never made their two million mark that they they were hoping that they would make it sooner. Um, the stock crash, stock market crash happened, and so many things happened, and it's like every every Helen and Annie made money, but they lost it as soon as they made it. I mean, I just think about what would that have been like to live in that era? Pretty scary. Okay, there are no raised hands. No hands. Okay, so then in chapter... Uh, six, no, chapter five. Um, so in chapter five, they describe what is blindness. And that's when the Social Security Administration gave its definition of blindness, which is pretty early on. And I don't think it's changed a whole lot. Anyone talk? Want to talk about the the uh, Social Security Administration uh, definition of blindness, as we saw it in um, Chapter Five? I was surprised. We have no raised hands. Okay, I was surprised. Um, to see that it had been um, defined this this early on. In Chapter 6, we start talking about Helen Keller. So let's open up some discussion about Helen Keller. The perfect symbol, Helen Keller. And into Chapter 7, action is our watchword. So I'd like to invite you to um, discuss this, these two chapters. Has anybody gotten this far? Yes, Nellie. Nellie? Um, yes, I just wanted to... Um, um, speak about Helen Keller and um, she was such a um, dynamic person uh, you know in everything that she um, committed to she threw herself into it with um, just tremendous energy and um, and commitment and um, she really uh, had a vision you know, of what this, you know, American Foundation uh, for the Blind uh, could be, you know, for, for blind people. And so that probably drove, um, you know, some of the conflicts, you know, talked about in the previous chapter, because um, uh, she would be very um, on point and, and, and not deviate very much from what she felt, you know, she wanted uh, to have happen. Yes. Interesting thing about Helen Keller. Um, 
when she she um, took an exam for a Radcliffe at the age of 16 and she had the same amount of time as everyone else and yet she passed the exam with no um, corrections. Um, she and Annie and Polly, I can't remember her last name, um, uh, created a way of communication where um, she was, um, she spoke on uh, um, many, many um, uh, discussions, um, events through vaudeville. And she also, um, she also um, wrote books. She said she wanted to really work with the deaf blind and she didn't know what they needed, but she was going to find out and research what they needed. She wanted to work in the settlement houses. She, um, she was the, the typist because nobody knew how to type except Helen. So she typed out letters. And do you guys remember typing letters and typing term papers on the typewriter and being done and showing it to people and recognizing that nothing was on the page because the ribbon had run out. Do you guys remember doing that? I do. Not only did it happen when I was typing my papers in school and my assignments, but I remember working with Father Michael Manning and I had this nifty um, Smith Corona word processor. And I was so proud of myself. And I took it to the people to, to make sure everything was okay and it was cop- I could copy it. And there was nothing there. I had done transcriptions of of tapings that Father Michael Manning had done. Can you imagine how frustrating it was for Helen? Because she didn't just have someone reading words to her and typing the words. She had to do the finger spelling. Okay, you have... um Two hands. Okay. Uh, first one is iPhone. Um, and if I could have your name, I'd be happy to rename you. Could I show up? Hello? Hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Who are you? I don't. Am I? I'm Roberta. Am Roberta. I showing up as iPhone, Diane? Yes. Okay, I got a brand new phone, so all the okay. Um, you need to speak into your phone, Roberta. Now, 
Yeah, take your hand off the phone, off the speaker part. Now, can you hear me it. now? Yeah, that's that? Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Good to know. Um, this is one of those books that it's it's such a great read, and 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 yet it has so much. There's so much in it. It's just yes. like I. It's like I want to take notes. You know. Uh-huh. Um, the the dedication of the people who managed to create all this stuff it, to me is just awe inspiring. I just you know I just, it's like they just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. I I just I find that very impressive. Um, the the other thing um, that I was a little confused about. Uh, and it took me a minute because as you were talking earlier on, you were saying Major Mitchell, Mitchell, and I have never heard his name pronounced with a soft G. I've always heard it pronounced Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. Is that, I mean, I, have you heard it pronounced that way? I, I just, it might be I never, Miguel. I don't know um, because I'm reading it from the Bookshare version. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, you know, I appreciate you're doing a, a, a call like this because it's just really, it's, it's so valuable. I just, and I'm really enjoying the book. It's well-written, so. Thank you. We need to know where sure. we came from. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And whether or not we want to go back there, you know, well, or and, repeat it. And And history does repeat itself unless we... Mm. Unless we have the guts and the persistence and the fortitude mm-hmm. uh, and tenacity to continue to move it forward. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Roberta. Sure, thanks. Okay. okay, we have Beth. Beth? Well, until this book came along, I'd never really, I don't think any any of us at our school really realized that the American Foundation did as much as they, as much as they do, or as much as, um, what we used to know the American Foundation for, for their AIDS and appliances section. Right. That used to sell all kinds of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, even uh, even our textbooks, when I was mainstreamed, we couldn't get a lot of textbooks from um, different places. A lot of the Braille services of New Mexico or wherever we were stationed at the time sometimes had to do them for us because we didn't know where to get them from. Right. And so, it's, it, yeah, I had. Go ahead. I had no idea that the American Foundation did did as much as they. I mean, we read about Helen Keller in school and stuff like that, you know, but we didn't realize that she had been a big part of the American Foundation. Yep, that's watered down history. Oh yeah, it is. We also didn't know that she was a socialist. And that she was a women's suffragist. 
That is very true. That is very true. Even when I graduated, some of the people wanted to go into social work, and um, some of the people were saying, well, I'll go. They would be told, oh, you can't do that. You're you're blind, and it'll be so much trouble, and um, you won't be able to... How are you going to deal with your clients and yada, 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 you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. I, would have, I wouldn't have minded going into social work. But they, it was like the schools and even um, DVR discouraged you from going into certain uh, positions. And that's too bad. It is too bad. Because like I know a, I know a blind psychologist, but he didn't get his college here in New Mexico. He went to North Dakota to get his um, to get his degree. Uh-huh. Thank you, Beth. Okay, no other hands. So, um, in talking about these chapters, and I know some of you didn't get to read everything, and my phone is ringing. Um, so from, um, from what we've discussed today, what, um, what thoughts do you have, um, regarding the information that we've read and, um, would you like to stay on part of this or would you like to move on? Don't all speak at once. No hands. Okay, so next week we will read Chapter 8, The Language of the Fingers. All right, Beth has her hand up. Okay, go ahead, Beth. I was just going to say, I think for those of us that just recently received the books through uh, Bookshare, it would be... It would be nice to stay on this part, but I don't know, uh, Larry, I don't know for the opinion he has, um, and some other people that have received this book newly, um, I suppose if they want to move on, we could, but uh, at the same time, it wouldn't hurt to stay on, you know, but it's up to the, it's up to everybody. Well, you know, in the beginning, I always ask for thoughts and ideas and discussion of what we've read up to, um, you know, the part that we're yes. we're going to the new part that we're going to discuss. So, is that? Do you think that's good enough, and we can continue to move on? What do you guys think? So, chapter eight is the language of the fingers. Chapter nine is books for the blind. Chapter 10 is the talking book. And chapter 11 is beloved voices. So I'm kind of thinking this is all about basically the talking book. And then chapter 11 goes into a new different kind of section. So is, let me just say, are there any hands up right now, Diane? No, ma'am. Okay, 
So if you Wait. object. Yes, there is. Okay, who? Roberta. Okay, Roberta. I was um, kind of thinking in my head, I agree with what you were saying, that if we can, um, if we go on to the next few chapters, we can also pick up if somebody has some comments based on that they just completed reading it, then we can catch those up next time too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So if there is an objection to reading chapter eight, chapter nine, and chapter 10, raise your hand. Um, Christy, apparently no objections. Good. So we'll continue the book and read the the next chapters. Um, Eight, nine, and 10. By the way, you still do have um, 10 minutes left. Oh, actually, it's okay. It's actually chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11. So it's four chapters um, because then it will go into um, talking about blind people as a class. And do we, and this is where it's going to start getting interesting, guys, really um, talking about um, the different benefits and the, the class. You know, where do we fit? And then it'll start talking about blinded veterans and things like that. So um, so we'll read um, chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11. I'm going to page 11. So it will go... Um, probably about another hundred pages. So get started reading today. And like I said, if you're on your treadmill or marching in place or, yeah, we are going to finish early unless people have something to say. So I really like to hear um, some last minute um, ideas, thoughts from the participants here. There's only six of us, so. Yep. Oh, oh no. Nellie. Pardon? Nellie? Nellie? Um, I think that, uh, um, that it'll be um, good for us to go ahead and go forward uh, with the next four chapters, but keeping in mind that, that people are in various points in the reading, and that's okay. You yes, know, it is okay. We didn't all get the book at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, you know, jam-packed with information. So it just takes time to read it and process it and go through it. And uh, I, I think it was a really good choice of a book. Um, I'm enjoying reading it, although the first few chapters were, you know, even though informative kind of, you know, boring. <laughs> a little dry. Yeah. But um, in terms of the, the content, um, it was uh, very worthwhile. So I'm excited to continue, and I hope everybody else enjoys it, too. Thank you, Nellie. Beth? Anyone? Beth? 
You're unmuted, Beth. You were. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to ask, where besides Bookshare can you get this book um, for other people so that they might like to read it that aren't in this um that aren't in these sessions? Because I think it is a very good read. Well, I'm planning to... Can you get to, it through Bard and stuff? Yes, no? you can get the old 1976 version without the new information um, on Bard. Um, and I know that it is still in print. At least I believe it's still in print. Ooh, okay. I was going to say, I'm I'm planning to get this book for my daughter who is in social work. Oh, uh-huh. I would actually like for my daughter to read it, too. She's not in social work, but she is sighted, and she has three children with Asperger's. Oh. And she's always been uh, interested in... Um, She's always been interested in um, things about the disabled. And in fact, going to therapy and stuff with them, they have different kinds of therapies that are um, with them that I thought think could be valuable to some of the visually impaired too, because a lot of their therapies deal with sensory issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that, um, well, to where we're just visually impaired or, or blind, um, but there is a lot of, I mean, we don't have that sight sensory input, you know? Yes. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by a lot of their therapies that they do, such as, uh, like the weighted blankets and stuff oh, like that. And I, I'm, I'm I've gotten believer. one of those and those are nice. I'm a big believer in, um, we had, um, someone who, um, in, uh, my, my very good friend actually who was calling me, um, we had a, um, what the, the, it's called Snozzlin and it's a, I think it's a Dutch, um, uh, technique, techniques. Um, but we had a snozzlin room where they had um, people sit in a vestibular chair, and I loved that chair. I said, I want one for my house. <laughs> um, used weighted blankets, um, aromatherapy, and um, different kind of music. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we have five minutes. And Nellie. Nellie. I was thinking about where one might find the book, um, and um, so um, public libraries now have um, audible books, so if anybody belongs to their local public library, um, that might be an option uh, to be able to borrow it from the library, and another uh, possible place might be uh, audible.com. Uh, Check and see if they have it. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you. The other thing is American Foundation for the Blind itself. If you go on their website, they may have uh, information on that book. 
Okay, there are no more raised hands, Christy. All right. Well, I am going to go ahead and uh, thank Larry for streaming and Diane for hosting and all of our participants that we had. And we did have quite a few, but, you know, things happen and people drop off. So um, we really appreciate all of you who are listening in ACB Media Land. And this uh, will be an available podcast. So, again, we're reading The Unseen Minority, A Social History of Blindness in the United States by Frances, F-R-A-N-C-E-S, initial A, last name Kestler, K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R, Copyright 1976 and 2004 by the American Foundation for the Blind. And this is November 9th, and we'll have our next um, discussion involving chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11. And then uh, we'll, in the beginning, we'll, we'll be able to discuss chapters 1 through 7 as well. So I look forward to having you all on the call next week and blessings to you all. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Christy. Blessings to you, too.